Welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast. Today, Kate and I are on the podcast, just the two of us, for hopefully a last time for hopefully a little while here. Hopefully for good. (laughs) Kate, how are you, bro? (laughs) I'm doing good. How are you, my man? I am doing well. Uh, We are excited to be hitting another book review with another non-real estate specific book. You want to introduce the book? Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about Make Your Bed. And it's written by William H. McRaven. And he is a formal admiral of the U.S. Navy, spent 37 years in U.S. Navy Special Forces. And funny enough, I think this was a book we had actually both read before we even started doing these book review series and stuff like that. I had noticed it on your shelf and I was like, no way. You read Make Your Bed and you were like, yeah, you too? And I was like, yeah, because this is just an all-around solid book and a super, super short read. I think the shortest read out of all these books so far. Yeah, if you don't like reading, this is a good way to get started. I mean, I'll just give a quick demo to the camera. These pages are very few words, very large font. Uh, You know, this is an easy read. It's also interesting because it's told by a very, very accomplished uh, veteran um, who relates a lot of it back to his experiences training to become a SEAL and his career as a SEAL commander. Um, And so it's really, it's kind of an interesting book. It's more of a lifestyle book than it is a business book. And we thought it would be just a good addition um, since a lot of our listeners are either late high school, early college, or fresh out of college. um, This is just a good lifestyle book to really read. Yeah, absolutely. And another resource, it's obviously a book, but there's also a commencement speech based off the book that was given by the author uh the university of texas commencement speech in 2014 you can find it all over youtube stuff like that um really good add-on to the book and i think this is one of these where even though we're going to kind of hit the main points today and it's not really a real estate focused book the lessons learned in the military examples that are intertwined into the book, I actually really enjoyed. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of listeners will if they read or listen to the full book. So yeah, let's get into it. Well, let's jump off. So uh, the premise of the book is that these are going to be rules uh, to increase your life, right? Or to make your life better. So the first one's really simple. Start your day with a task complete. Make your bed. Yeah. The, the premise of what the whole, the, the title of the book and really what the whole book is about, this first rule per se of starting your day with a task completed. And the reasoning kind of behind that is if you start the day with a task as small and as quick as making your bed, right? It takes 30 seconds, a minute, right? When you wake up, <clears throat> first thing you do, make your bed. The premise is starting your day with finishing that small task will snowball and affect your ability to complete all the rest of the tasks that come throughout the day. Yeah. Right. Regardless of what profession you're in, regardless of what you do, who you are, most people have some sort of task list or goals they need to accomplish throughout the day and starting your day with accomplishing a task as small as you making your bed is a big snowball effect into helping you finish out the rest of your day. Yeah. I mean, you think about it as a night is a reset for you to start each day and Newton's laws of physics say an object in motion stays in motion. An object at rest will stay at rest. So the hardest part of the morning is just to get your day started. And then you might have a lot of really difficult things to do later that day, 
but you're starting with a task that you, one, do every day, and two, it's really easy. So maybe you start by making your bread. Then you clean your room. Then you walk into the office on time. Then you do your emails. Then you get your follow-up done. Then you do your lead generation. Maybe this is just the start of getting you through all those tasks. And worst case scenario, he says, you have a crappy day, you come home to a made bed that you made and that you made well. And that's a great way to end a day and put yourself to rest. Absolutely. And for those of you out there who may already have a morning routine or are trying to get some sort of structured routine in the morning, I know it can be, uh, I know we can both attest to this, it can be very hard to start to implement, oh, I'm going to journal in the morning and I'm also going to read pages in the morning and then I'm also going to do blah, 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 all in the morning, right? It can be overwhelming, hard to get consistent, but I can attest to this. When I was first trying to dial in some sort of morning routine, literally right after I read this book, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. It sounds silly. It sounds dumb, but I'm just going to do it. But making your bed that very first thing in the morning, completing that simple task and getting that routine dialed in, you'd be surprised how much it can help. Not only your routine in the morning, like you said, when you come back at night, but throughout your whole day. Yeah. And they always talk about confidence comes from doing the things that you said you're going to do. At the worst case, you're just doing something little that you said you were going to do when you went to bed the night before. And so it's a great way of building up a whole bunch of stuff. And just like you had said, you know, you start by doing this little task, right? It snowballs into doing bigger things and better things correctly. And it gets you get it gets you going in the day. Absolutely. And rule number two out of our 10 rules in the book is you can't go it alone. And sounds, and I'm going to say this for a lot of these rules, they sound so simple, but, and when you hear the reasoning behind it, it sounds like, oh yeah, I, you know, I knew that, but it, it's the light bulb that goes on. And I think the value that comes at from reading the book or listening to the full book is it there's more of those light bulb moments right so you can't go it alone obviously in our profession any profession you don't rarely very rarely are you able to see success or get to where you you're wanting to go all by yourself yeah one it's gonna if you do if it's gonna be a heck of a lot harder than it is if you're surrounding yourself with like-minded people, surrounding yourself with friends, family, mentors, coaches, people who are gonna gonna help you on that road to success. It, really, you can't go it alone. So yeah. everyone's success is dependent on the help of others around them. Yeah, and with that being said, make as many friends as you can. I mean, if you're gonna be dependent on other people and other people are gonna be dependent on you, having a great network of people that you can trust and rely on is gonna be key to your success. And I think it's really important. You already said it. Nobody who makes it in this business or in any business where they want to go does it solely by themselves. I mean, humans are social beings who need help from being infants growing up to being in the business world and learning such a complex system that is society. You know, you got to make sure that you have people surrounding you and supporting you so that when you're having a day where you're not 100%, you're getting help. And in return... When you see somebody you know who's not having a day where they're at 100%, you help them. He relates it back to in SEAL training, they need to carry around a rubber boat everywhere they go and that they have little squadrons and that you need to carry it as a team. 
and that on the days where somebody was injured and couldn't carry their full weight, the rest of the team had to pick up the weight. The weight didn't change. And he only helped that on those days when they gave him extra food to get ready, to get healthy or to recoup or whatever, that when the day comes that they need help, he's going to have to pick up the slack and give up some of his food. And I think it's just an easy example to understand that we all are carrying stuff together. And if you're going to go anywhere fun or go anywhere exciting, you're going to have to have help. Yeah, a phrase that we have down here that I really, really like is if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, right? And I think that's such a profound statement as to what really your goals are, right? If you want to get somewhere fast, if you just want to, you know, sidestep everything and and just get it done and be there, yeah, go by yourself. It's going to be lonely. You're probably going to burn some bridges along the way. And when you get there, it's probably not going to be very fulfilling. But if you want to go far, go together, go with those who are important to you, those who are helping you in your success. So um, I think a really, really great and important rule that the book outlines. And it's again, so simple, but it really profound. And keep in mind when you get somewhere, remind yourself that you're there because other people helped you. And that's that ties in a sense of humility that I think is needed when you make it in life. Absolutely. So rule number three is only the size of your heart matters. And really quickly, just to reference the book really quick, that the example they use is one of the SEAL members that the author trained with uh, was originally seen like super small dude, really lightweight. And, uh, you know, everyone else, the, you know, the trainers, the commanders, everybody was kind of really out to get this guy because he's small, lightweight. No one thinks he's really going to make it in SEAL team training or, or be really make it through and be a SEAL, right? But the author says he turns out to be one of the strongest, most admired you know, people in the whole squadron. So it, only the size of your heart matters. The way I think we can tie this into maybe our industry is you know, it, it doesn't matter where you're starting out, you know, at how much money you're starting out with. Those are all great tools, right? But, or all, all things that may help you initially, but all of you guys as new investors, all of you looking to get in the, into the business, all of you guys have the same tools readily available that Scott and I have, that the big dogs have in this business. All of the same tools, all of the same programs are all readily available, right? So it just comes down to how, how bad do you really want it? How much is your heart into finding success? Yeah, it, it ties into some other rules later in, but like understanding that people are at different levels and that's just it. And like you and I always try to not judge the book by its cover because we were the people who were judged by our cover at some point. And so when somebody walks in and they say that they have something going on and that they're you know building a little business and they're calling, our whole job is just to help them as much as we can, not to decide whether or not they're capable of doing what they said that they're doing. And there's going to be people who start at the same time and one person's going to crush and the other person's never going to go any further. And that's going to be more of the sign of who had the, the gall to do it and the willingness to push through um, a lot more than who had the right, you know, 
assets to start or who had the money to buy the right tool first or whatever, right? This is not a business where, you know, make or break, it's just based off of where you start. A lot of it comes through as grit and just the willingness to continue to to achieve and to continue to push through when there's going to be ample opportunity to quit. Absolutely. We've talked about it multiple times on the podcast and we'll continue to say it that this business is very simple. It's not easy, but it's simple, right? There, nobody is out here to reinvent the wheel. A lot of the people who are successful in this business will give you a, a similar blueprint of how to get there, right? Especially a lot of people local here that are very successful. They are very open on how they got there and how to do it, mm-hmm. right? So you've got to have the discipline, the motivation to be consistent, to take the action that's needed. And that comes down to how, how much are you really in it for yeah exactly the example you shared was two people may start at the exact same if one person's all the way up here and this other person didn't move at all you know there may be other factors but really it's probably a testament to how bad that person really wanted to find success yeah i mean if you want to see the just the generic blueprint of how to be successful listen to last week's episode we literally go through what every single successful person has told me and Cade that they did, what Cade and I did to get where we're at, which I wouldn't claim that we're any, you know, crazy successful people, but we pay our bills, we live our life, and we, you know, are doing real estate at a high level. At this point, the the blueprint is public for everybody. And, you know, the only way that we're going to be able to judge your character is going to be based off of your willingness to actually do it. And, you know, it like we said from the start, I don't care if you're starting from somebody with no money and you're in the hood and you're trying to make yourself you're trying to make your way out of debt and bad decisions i actually respect you a lot more than the person who's already got a great life going not to say i'm not going to help the other person but to say that there's no judgment comparison there except for who's going to actually do it you know it's funny when you were talking it just popped up into my mind as we answer a lot of questions and we meet with a lot of people who want to gain knowledge. And I think that's a point of joy for both of us. I think we both really enjoy helping other, other people looking to get into this business. It's what the whole podcast is about, right? But it's funny how we can kind of see all of these people that we meet with, say we meet with 10 people and we give them the blueprint. We say, okay, you're here. Next step, do this, this, and this. Let me know when you've done that, if you have any issues or questions, and then let's see, right? The number of people who actually go out there and complete all of those tasks, you know, some people we never hear from again. And and it's funny because there is a very small amount of people that we talk to who we tell, hey, this is what you need to do. This is what we think is the best, best step who actually do it and then come back and continue to ask for help. And I think that's a trait of the people who are going to see success in this business. And sometimes I always wonder, I'm like, maybe I'm not giving good advice, (laughs) but it's the advice that is exactly that I was told. And it's the advice I hear other people giving all the time. And it's a numbers game, just like the sales side. It's a numbers game on however many people I talk to, not everybody's built for this job. And the people who are built for this job are going to stand out compared to the rest. And, you know, this isn't like some Navy SEALs. It's not like there's any physical requirement to get into this business. This business is simple. Just like you said, it's just who has the willingness to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next point, it really ties in pretty well. Yeah. And it's the point, it says, life's not fair, drive on. And I really like this because I've been in this position before 
I think you've probably been in this position before where we compare, you know, our life circumstance to somebody else's or we compare our business to somebody else's and we say, well, that's not fair. Well, there's a, there's a really easy rule. Life's not fair. The sooner you realize it, the happier you'll be. Yeah, there's always going to be somebody with more money than you. There's always going to be people with less money than you, right? If you're sitting here complaining about your circumstances, if something pops up that doesn't make you feel good or, you know, a life event that, you know, just makes you feel crappy or something in your business pops up that makes you feel crappy. If you come from that victim mentality your level of success is going to be very different than somebody who just acknowledges and realizes that life isn't fair and you've got to make the best of your circumstances, right? I think the people who hold victim mentalities, they're one very, very exhausting to be around and to have a relationship with. And two, their level of success is just not going to be as high as someone who acknowledges that life isn't fair. Here's the cards that I'm dealt for this. Here's the cards I'm dealt in this situation. What am I going to do about it? How can I play it? How exactly, right? So I, I agree with you. It's what it's an important one. It's one that I think is very hard for some people to understand. And I think the sooner you recognize and understand that life's not fair, the happier you're going to be. Yeah. I The current social uh, culture is a lot about fairness and equality. And you and I can agree that like equal outcomes never going to happen. Uh, but I think you and I can both attest that we've experienced that there are the people that are successful push to give equal opportunity. And in this situation, you and I can admit that we each came with benefits and drawbacks, right? I'll say that one of the things that I struggled with a lot when I had started was I was financially in really bad spot. And that was something that other kids who started didn't have to deal with. Some people were living at home and dealing with something this way. Maybe they had income from their parents. Maybe they had another full-time job. For me, I had gone all in and I had bet on myself and I had done some things and then it kind of went sideways and then I had to work my way out of debt and realizing that for me that meant I had to go pick up a second job that some other people didn't have to go pick up it that was it I mean there was no ifs ands or buts it was just life's unfair this is where I'm at I have to do this they don't I'm not going to let that stop me from finding success and I think you and I can both admit that we have a lot of benefits that came to our table. We came from good families. We came from great schools. You and I both have a great work ethic that we were given by God. Doesn't mean that we didn't have to do you know work for it, but to say that we had our own pros and, and cons, right? Yeah, absolutely. It would have been really easy using your scenario you just shared. It, I mean, what would have been the easier thing to do when you're found in that situation? Oh, you know, the easier... I'm not going to go get a second job and keep pushing this full-time real estate thing. I mean, it's just not for me, right? Yeah. I admit, this sucks. You know, this is bullshit. This, you know, I'm, I'm just done. I'm done with this, right? Yeah, I can't do it. That that would have been, I, in the moment, a hell of a lot easier than going out and getting the second job and pushing through. But it, it's those moments that define the the people who end up seeing success, right? It th it's those types of moments that are the differenti differentiators between those who typically find more happiness and find more success and those who are really just the Debbie Downers and 
you know, throwing pity parties every day saying, you know, woe is me, you know, and blaming everything on outside circumstances. Yeah. I mean, you and I, obviously, we're no, we're not like completely different from other people. We're still learning this ourselves. But, absolutely, you know, it's important when met with unfairness, don't blame it on other people. Don't complain about it. Just stand tall, figure it out, keep pushing forward, drive on. Absolutely. So rule number five, um, n- another good segue is failure can make you stronger. And I like the example they use in the book and I'm going to share it real quick. Yeah. Is during Navy SEAL training and obviously the book has more details, so I'm spitballing here, but they, they would have, you know, their training every single day, right? Their, their timed run, their timed course, their, their timed thing that they needed to complete. Their regularly scheduled physical activities. In a certain amount of time, right? And for all of the trainees who were not able to complete that training and the required amount of time, they were then given the consequence of two additional hours of training in the evening, They called it the circus, the circus. So the two additional hours of training in, in the evening. And obviously, uh, at at the beginning, right, if you're missing all of these required, you know, finishing your required physical tasks in this certain amount of time, that that's a failure, right? You needed to complete it in this amount of time. You have to complete it in this amount of time by this date in order to move on in your training. Otherwise Mm -hmm. you're not going to be a seal, right? So a failure on the outside, but the funny thing was, it was uh, Admiral McRaven was saying a lot of the people who failed and found themselves, you know, working to exhaustion in these two additional hours of training, they ended up becoming the leaders of the pack because of all of their additional training and hard work and, you know, facing, making the best out of that failure, going in and putting in the work in those extra two hours. They became the leaders of the pack. Now everyone yeah. else who was passing was falling behind, and all these guys who were doing the extra cardio and the lifting and the training were now out leading the pack. Yeah. So I, I think a very important lesson there to be made is obviously making the best out of your failures, and you're always going to have failures. Yeah. I think a, a really important part of it is to acknowledge that there's always going to be failure. Like It doesn't matter who you are. You're going to fail. And when that day comes, instead of, you know, complaining and, and whining about it, take the failure, make it a benefit. You know, just like what we were talking about, you know, it's an easy example because it relates to us. But when you and I both had to go get separate jobs throughout our careers, when we were at our job, it made us better. When we were at our real estate job, we were working. When we didn't have a job in the evening, we would slack off a little because we had time in the evening that we could go finish up whatever we didn't do, Right. So when you had to go work at a restaurant after your real estate career, all of a sudden you need to be more disciplined when you're at work. And that's an easy example for us to tie in. But, you know, expect failure, expect it often and learn from it and then take that failure and motivate others. I think is the last part that he talked about, which is like, if you're learning from failures, teach other people so that maybe they don't have to fail as often as you did. Absolutely. Right. And that's a lot of the reasoning behind going and getting a mentor, going and getting a coach or going and networking with people who maybe are a little bit farther along than what you're doing and her and are doing what you want to be doing is learning from their failures. Right. That way. Hey, I made this mistake. 
don't make it. Here's what you do instead. So you don't have to deal with that failure. I think that is hugely important. And exactly like you said, that last part, being able to motivate others with your failure and use it as a teaching lesson for others and yourself is going to be the biggest part. And that goes back to, you can't go alone. Yeah. Right. Because now you're taking other people's losses and learning from them and you're giving your experiences that they don't have to as well. It's, it goes right back. So all these rules are interconnected. Um, again, this book was written really, really well. Everything flows. Um, you know, it goes to the very next one is you must dare greatly. And it goes right back. You know, those who live in fear of failure, hardship, or embarrassment will never achieve their full potential. If you're so scared that you're going to fail when we know that it's inevitable, you're never going to take the risk that might pay off. You'll never become the person that you want to be because you're too nervous about becoming a failure. Yeah, being able to dare greatly. We have a close friend of ours in the mortgage business who just took a really big leap. I'd say the biggest leap we've seen. <laughs> One of the biggest leaps we've seen in any aspect of the real estate business. And and the biggest example I can think of of, of daring greatly, you know, he left what I would say was probably a comfortable position, a comfortable environment, right? And put everything on the line and betting on himself, betting on his team to go out and find even more success in this new opportunity. Is there opportunity for failure? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Does he know for certain that this is the right move and it's going to pay off? Absolutely not. But being able to dare greatly and make those risks and make those choices that are going to allow you to hopefully go and find more success and bet on yourself, right? Are, are huge. They're, they're pivoting moments that, you know, are hugely important for oneself, not just personally, but in business as well. Yeah. I mean, and you have to just be willing to take risks like in life. I mean, you aren't going to ask out the girl of your dreams if you're too scared of failure, because I promise you there's a chance of failure, right? So, I mean, it ties into everything, whether it's business or personal, being willing to risk it for the biscuit, bro, it's key. And uh, this book does a good job of explaining that, you know, failure is inevitable and how to handle failure and then reminding you that you need to still approach everything with the openness to failure. And, you know, the great news is, is if you take the leap of greatness and it doesn't pan out, you're going to learn from the mistake. You're going to teach others. And it's going to give you motivation to not do it again and to grow even better. I guarantee that the guy that we're thinking about right now who made this big move, if everything got reset in three years, he could be doing triple what he's doing right now. I mean, he's just that way. And I think that it's important that he's done all the different things and he's had all those little failures to get to where he is now to be able to accept that there's ways that he might fail. And if he does, he has a plan on how he's going to just stand up, dust himself off and do it again. Absolutely. That last part is huge. I told him on the phone, we were talking about this, like best case scenario or the worst case scenario, right? You're daring greatly. What if this whole thing goes to absolute shit? What if you absolutely fail and you have to start back at ground zero? I told him straight up. I was like, I have complete faith. I have zero uh, doubt that you will not be able to get back to where you are, pull yourself out of the gutter and go and do it again. Absolutely. And that happens in every realm. And the way that you develop that confidence is you wake up in the morning and you make your bed. And you you become the person that you want to be, not just thinking about who you want to be. Absolutely. Um, 
Rule number seven. Rule yes. slash lesson number seven is stand up to the bullies. And obviously the book goes into a little more detail about this with, you know, the military applications, right? But talking about it in our sense, not everybody is going to be nice in this business. If you've even been in this business just a little bit, you know that there are people who are not very nice in this business. There are always going to be people who are going to be a douchebag. They're not going to be nice. They're not going to be out there to help you be friendly. Uh, again, they may even be mean, be derogatory, talk down on you, but there's bad apples in every group. <laughs> there are bad apples in every group. And I think just the biggest thing from this one is being able to, to recognize that and just put, put it aside. There are a lot more good people in this business. And I believe good people in the world in general than there are bad. So being able to recognize that pull, kind of pull yourself out of any, you know, self doubt or any, you know, harm that, that may come from people treating you that way. But being able to brush it aside and be like, look, go out and, and get shit done. Well, and I took it a whole nother level. So I went more like it's, you know, standing up to the things that are scary, right? So it's easy to say, embrace the idea of failure. And it's a different thing to say, go do the things that put you directly in danger. And in a world where we are hearing a lot of scare, scary news, right? Things about recessions, things about wars, all this. It's important to stand up to the bullies in your own head that are going to tell you don't do it and dig deep, get the courage that you need to have to do the things that you know are going to put you where you want to be, whether that's um, making certain life moves, making the big move to a different city or state, if that's starting a new career, if that's dropping out of college, or if that's going back to school, whatever it is, standing up to the fears that are telling you you can't do it and being willing to do it. And you'll find that the more you you dig deep for courage, the more courage you're going to find. And it's in, it's in excess in all of us. You know, the guys that are out doing the crazy things are no different than anybody else. They've just been willing to dig deep and they've put in the hard work day in and day out over a consistent period of time to know that they can do it and to know that if they fail, they'll pick themselves back up and do it again. Life's not easy. Life's not fair. The sooner you recognize that, the better your life gets. And the people you're talking about, they rise to the occasion, which is our which is rule number eight in the book is these people who are daring greatly, these people who are, you know, taking their failures and making the best of them and, and pulling themselves out of that failure and going out they're, they're rising to the occasion. When you find yourself in a rut or a dark moment in your life, these people are digging down deep and finding it in themselves to rise to the occasion, make the best of their circumstances and go out and succeed and be themselves anyway. Right. It's funny because he talks about it in the military way, which there are much, much darker days when you're in the military than if you're in business. You know, they talk about um, the procession ceremony for fallen soldiers and how he experienced seeing a lot of brothers and like family members who held strong when everybody else wasn't. And he talked about how in the darkest moments they held strong because they knew that's what they needed to do. It's a very interesting thought, but it can be applied. I mean, dark days are coming. They're, they're always going to be a dark day. And when that day comes, standing up and being who you're supposed to be is going to be a lot harder than caving in and, and wearing yourself down and, and being down on yourself. And the only way that you're going to be able to stand tall in that moment is if every day you've prepared yourself to be the right person. And 
you know, we're not going to deal with hope, God forbid, any of us dying in our line of business or any of us dealing with that. But there will be a day where terrible things happen. And in that day, you need to be able to stand up straight, pull your shoulders back and be there for yourself and for others and give others hope. Yeah. And not just dark days, but like you had mentioned a little earlier, when in this business, when we see a shift into the market going down, we you threw out the word recession, right? Things that we see are probably going to be on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Being able to one, rise to the occasion and adapt to the circumstances is going to be key because if you're not figuring out how to rise to the occasion and figure out how you're still going to succeed and still make money and still put food on the table, even when the darker days or the market shifts into something that's not as ideal, then you're going to find yourself in a really bad spot. Yeah. So I think that's really key. And... I think we're going to start coming up on days. I don't know when they are. And I'm not saying that we're going to hit some 2008 recession, but I already can tell my clients are scared, right? And I promise you that if they're scared, they got to understand that also my life is dependent on this as well, right? My lifestyle and everything. We have to be the people who stand up, pull our shoulders back and guide our clients and say, this is what we need to do to succeed. Not cave into the fear and all of the things going on that make you think that we need to panic sell and we need to do this, that, and the other. In this moment, this is your moment to stand up and shine. And a lot of the times the people who make it in this industry are the ones who have prepared themselves for that moment. And there's going to be big agents and big players in town who didn't prepare themselves for a shift. And when their client panics, they're going to panic too. It's all about giving people hope, right? Which is rule number nine. In the example you just used, it's... And giving people hope is different than giving people a false sense of security. I want I want yes, to make that distinction. Very, very different. Right? You giving people hope and when that rainy day comes, when those dark times come, right? Being able to be confident, portray to your clients, to your family, to your friends that it is going to be okay. How are we going to approach and how are we as a team, as our real estate team, you know, as a family, as friends, how are we going to conquer this challenge and how are we going to move past it and beat it and see those lighter days ahead? Right. I think the difference between giving false security and giving hope is giving hope is reminding that there's a better day coming and encouraging people to make it to that day. False security is lying about the current situation. You can be able to say that you're in a bad spot and that's going to change. And if you can't, maybe you need to reconsider your situation, you know, and and you have to, you know, dig deep and figure out what the real problem is going on. But every problem in this world, especially if it's a money problem, is an easy problem to solve. Yeah. You know, it just takes critical thinking. One last quick example I want to share from the book, which is which was one of my favorites that uh, the author had shared and used was they were in one of their final parts of SEAL training and the the trainee group had to go out to the mud flats or, or go mm-hmm. out to the flats and sink. They they sunk all the way into the mud. That way only their necks and above what was above this mud, right? It was freezing, it was raining, hail, like all this. They had to go out, bear the elements, and be completely body sunk in the mud with only their head sticking out. Right. 
and they were talking about how I, I don't know how long they had to be out there. It was or all anything. night, uh, all night, a really long time. And they were saying that their commanders had coming out, came out and said, "Hey, if you guys want to be done, we've got hot soup, blankets. Like, come on out." But they just need not five of you to quit, and everybody else can go relax. And and what one of the trainees did in this situation was they just started singing one of the old military songs that all of the guys knew. He just started belting it at the top of his lungs, right? And soon enough, when that one person started to give the other people hope, right? Right in the back of everyone's head when they're thinking, do I want to quit and go get this warm blanket and soup and get out of this mud and cold? This one guy just starts singing at the top of his lungs. Then another person starts chiming in with him, and then another person, and soon enough, everybody in the whole trainee group is singing this old military song at the at the top of their head, uh, or the top of their lungs, excuse me. And before they know it, they get through the night and they get through this part of their training. But it was that one moment, that one guy who gave the rest of the trainee group hope just by singing a song at the top of his lungs, letting everybody know, hey, we can do it. We're going to get through it and we're going to be good. Yep. That's, I mean, with a lot of the scary news coming, you know, through the newsreels right now, giving hope is going to be an important part of the next couple years, uh, just because it just seems like the news is on a, a bender to try to wreak havoc in people's minds. Yeah, what's new? <laughs> Last one. Never, ever quit. And it's really, really easy to say, but we've always had that moment. Everybody's had that moment where they want to quit. And everybody knows that if it's something that you really wanted to do and you quit, you never, ever feel good about it. And you always regret it for the rest of your life. And in in this situation, a lot of the times people quit real estate or quit their business because they feel it's the most logical step. And sometimes it might feel that way, but usually there's another option than just quitting. Yeah, I'd be lying if I haven't had that thought or that feeling in the time I've been in this business, I mean, there was one pivotal point. I think it had been eight or nine months since a paycheck in this business, since selling, uh, helping someone buy or sell a home, getting commissioned that way, or doing some sort of investment deal. Eight or nine months. And I know you can attest to it too. When you go long in this business without getting a paycheck, it sucks. It is not fun. You're sitting there. You're you're like, I'm putting in all of this work. I think I'm doing the right thing. And here I am eight, nine months later, and I still don't have a paycheck. What the hell am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. And I know I can speak for myself. In that moment, I was like, Why I need am to I do here? something. I, either uh, am I going to be done? Because I, I can't, can't keep going eight or nine months without making any money. Uh, the easy thing to do would have been to quit. But going out there, continue to have belief and trust in the process and going out and getting things done and not quitting is one of the most, if not the most important lesson in the book. Yeah. And an easy way, or one of the things he reminds you of is that somebody else always has it worse. Yeah. You know, when you want to quit, just remind yourself that there's somebody out there out gritting you right now who has it way worse than you. And they're probably not thinking I should quit. They'd probably be hoping to be in your situation. And I think you and I could really use some of that every once in a while. Because I bet even now, 
you and I have moments where we're like, man, this would be great to stop. You know, there's days where everything seems to be going right. And that feels like you're on top of the world. And then just at the same level, you have days where you feel like everything's going wrong and you can't get anything right. And you think to yourself, why am I even doing this anymore? And uh, you got to remind yourself that there's people who would kill to be in your position. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is especially important to always keep in the back of your head. Um, I wrote down that last quote. I wanted yeah. to read this out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember when he said it. It was towards the very, very end. But he said, if you spend your days with pity, uh, sorrowful for the days or sorrowful for the way you have been treated, bemoaning your lot in life. I don't know if I spelled something wrong and blaming your circumstances on someone or something else, then your life will be long and hard. But on the other hand, if you refuse to give up on your dreams, stand tall and strong against the odds, then life will be what you make of it. And it can be great. Never ring that bell. So it's a good lesson to learn. I mean, this is coming from a guy who had his legs ripped off on a parachute jump and he came back and was still a commanding officer in the Navy SEALs. I mean, this guy's had a lot of reasons to quit. And uh, his obviously were a lot more physical and it was on a military base, but um, it's an important read. And it's a good reminder to you that when you're feeling down about yourself, pick yourself back up, make your bed. Yeah. I know there are some listeners and and some of the books that we've done book reviews on before where I think we've done a pretty good job of summarizing main important topics and, and, people listening to the podcast can take a lot of value out of that if they decide not to read the book. Again, like we talked about in the big in the beginning, we we hit on these 10 key lessons or rules, right? But I, I want to emphasize if there is a book that you are going to read, I, I really think this would this should be one of them. Like like Scott showed when he shared the book to the camera, it is not long. It is basically as close as you can get to an adult picture book. As possible with all the large text and short pages. I mean, it's not even a full size book. Like the pages are like half the size. So go out, read the book. We hope you guys took all of the important lessons we shared today. And I'm looking forward. We don't know what our next book review episode is going to be for July, but hopefully we're going to go out there. Maybe we'll do more of a real estate specific book or I don't know, but we'll go out there and we'll find another great book for July. But thank you guys for tuning into June's book review episode of Make Your Bed by William H. McRaven. Thanks for joining us.